0: Hey, everybody, this is Tim Pichot with The Liberty Advisor, joined with John Snyson, The Economic Truth. And today, this is an episode of The Tim and John Show. And we wanted to welcome all of our new listeners. I mean, over the course of John and I have been doing this for a little bit over a year now. And what we did was, uh, you know, we fir- we started coming out with episodes, and we were initially just labeling like Liberty Advisor shows, or we, or we were on World of Heard of Media. And so, pretty soon, what we're going to do is on our, on our podcast feed, it's going to be labeled as all the old episodes that we had are going to be, you know, pre. Like the pre Tim and John show, you know, kind of like the Star Wars type deal, like a prequel type, type thing. And then, uh, but now we're rocking and rolling. Lots of great stuff that we've covered over the years, but most of our, our listeners have come, uh, you know, just in the past, you know, month and a half. So whether it was from, you know, Dan Dix, Press for Truth, or Sam Tripoli, or from World Alternative Media, or from We Are Change, uh, you know, if I forgot anybody, or James Corbett, you know, if any, you know, all, everyone who's been on board would definitely appreciate it. And uh, what we're going to do today, is and we also want to welcome you know everyone that came from change the news because because what we're doing also is a change the news segment but this is going to be a tim and john show and what we want to start off first today john is i want to cover a little bit about there's a story out of reuters about the shanghai gold boss wants super sovereign currency for post christ times the president of the Shanghai Gold Exchange, or the SGE, called for a new super-sovereign currency to offset the global dominance of the U.S. dollar, which he predicted would decline long-term while gold prices rally. Concerns mounted among some market participants over the dollar-denominated system as the U.S. Federal Reserve cut interest rates to near zero and embarked on unlimited, unlimited quantitative easing to contain the economic damage of the coronavirus pandemic. Future global trade needs a super sovereign currency under which no single country has the power to freeze international assets of another country, said Wang. When the Fed turns on the liquidity tap, the U.S. dollar will be, in theory, be in a long-term depreciatory trend, he said, even though the panic of the current crisis could trigger a temporary scramble for the greenback. Now, I do want to comment on that, uh, mm-hmm. it, that this is sort of a, uh, a weird concept that you could actually see dollar getting stronger as we're printing all this money so i want to see if you could maybe kind of expound a little bit on, on that for us john
1: well first of all it's it, the actual um the Shanghai exchange itself it was you know a, a couple of years back it, it actually got put in place uh because they what they wanted to do is they actually wanted to buy oil outside of the u.s dollar system so they actually set that exchange up for that but also in that exchange it's of course uh oil can be bought with gold In that exchange, so it's very interesting. uh, The Shanghai exchange in itself—it's very different from uh, the exchanges that are uh, over here. Nowadays,
0: do they give you gold if you if you take your your oil? Now that we've got negative oil prices, you know how how that works.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's doesn't work too well, unfortunately. But um, you know, it's it's interesting how uh, we ended up with negative oil prices as well. But that was an oversupply basically, so there was nowhere to put the oil. Uh, and when they actually delivered on, and you know, what do you do then? Right. Like it's, you can't just, the thing with oil is it's, uh, you can't just shut off oil, uh, like you can with other things. You, you know, if you shut things down completely, you know, it might be hard to sh- uh, turn it back on again because it needs the constant flow and pressure, uh, in the systems. Right. So, uh, that's a huge problem that we have. And now, of course, we had mass cuts. So oil prices are up again, you know, around the world. Uh, quite substantially again, but they're not anywhere near, uh, you know, what they uh, actually were. You know, back when uh, oil was 140 dollars. You know, the, I, I comes to think about the Norwegian sovereign wealth fund that just lost 21 percent um, uh, of their investments because they had almost 70 percent of their uh, assets in global stock markets, uh, of course, which is was a very stupid move. I called it uh, called it out. You know, and this was like two years ago that I called them out on it. Uh, and um, of course, now they're struggling because they used to, you know, because the oil prices were high at the time last time when it dropped in in 2008, you know, they shoved in, you know, half they lost half of the fund. But then they shoved in oil royalties and oil money <laughs> to cover the losses without telling the people that that actually happened. Uh, but back to the US dollar standard. Um, you know, it's getting hits all the time. And, of course, the U.S., I, I think one of the major reasons why uh, the U.S. has, you know, uh, been, uh, you know, are being attacked now as, you know, the world reserve currency is because uh, the U.S. has, you know, weaponized their currency and, you know, threatening uh, people if they're, you know, not doing what the United States uh, government or the shadow government wants them to do. That was uh, literally so, the yeah. very
0: next line I was about to read. It goes: the problem with the dollar-denominated monetary system, he said, was that it left countries vulnerable to potential U.S. sanctions and yep. Washington's power to freeze a nation's international assets in the event of a dispute. It is a weapon for the U.S., but a source of insecurity for other countries. Sorry oh, about that. Though. Yeah, no, exactly where I was right. going next with this. so I'm glad yeah. you uh, preempted that.
1: <laughs> yeah, 100 percent it is, Simon. That's the problem. Is that any empire, you know, weaponizes their currencies and use them, uh, you know, to, to their advantage. And and that has happened throughout history, uh, you know, with every empire around the world. Uh, they, of course, you know, weaponize and, and use their currency. If you use it, now you become, you know, the peasant on, on the, the farm, basically, uh, as you have to use uh, the currency as it loses value, for example, or as, you know, they could just freeze it. Uh, not, they could didn't have electronic transfer back in the day, but, you know, it's uh, they had more control by you using uh, their their currency, of course. Um, but but again, back to you know the United States, they they kind of have. This has been you know an ongoing thing for years, uh, because you know lifespan of a fiat currency is around you know on an average 35 years. Uh, so what you see now is you know you're entering that zone where they had the fiat for let's see now how how long is it 71 till. Today. So we're almost at four, uh, 50 years, right? 49 years that we had the, the US fiat dollar, uh, standard. And it comes to a point where like now, if, it, and that kind of brings us into what's, uh, what's next and what's happening, uh, with, you know, the, uh, the, uh what I call the periphery currencies, because that's where you see the havoc is going to start now first, uh, which is all the other central banks around the world and their currencies are, you know, really getting strained right now. Uh, because everybody's flowing into the US dollar still because the US dollar is still, you know, recognized as a, uh, the world reserve currency and a safe haven for now. But the problem is when you, when you do that, you get to a point where you actually, um, the safe haven becomes, you know, uh, basically a prison. And how are you going to exit out of the last, you know, uh, safe havens, uh, into something else? That, that's going to be the problem. That's what you saw in 2008, you know, what, uh, used dollar racked up, you know, uh, and become really, became really strong because everybody, you know, pushed into used dollar denominated assets. But then, uh, as the sell started, you know, it just wrecked everything. And, and that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, a lot of people believe that we're in, you know, uh, what's called a bear market rally. And it seems like it's starting to stutter right now because, uh, if we go to uh, trading economics and, um, the actually on the front page there, uh, it says that us stocks drops on weak data <laughs> like really they finally dropped on weak data like how much weak data do you need before they're like, going to drop did they not right get
0: to... the memo that good news is bad news bad news is good news no one yeah. no one told them this john
1: no exactly they they've totally forgotten that and uh it seems like they finally are coming to you know the grasp of what they've done uh, like this this whole monetary stimulus that they had it's just insane like, if, if you go and look at some uh, central banks' balance sheets here, Tim, like, the, this is just uh, horrid to actually watch this. And uh, we're going to go into, like, if you want to pull some of them up, Tim, you got them at Discord there. I sent them over to you. So um, if we take a look here, I'm just going to pull them up myself so I could kind of be on the same page as everybody else. Yeah, here. just
0: so people know, I mean, we do have a Discord server. So, like, all this information, I mean, just tons and tons of information. So we've got the Tim and John show. Now, this is our own, like, internal show prep that, that's over here but we do have you know like a general section that just has you know tons and tons and tons of, of people posting and i want to give a big shout out to bit lord doll who has been helping me out by uh just absolutely helped me out a ton by uh you know going through and highlighting articles for me it's just been you know been super super busy over here so it's been very 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 much appreciated reposting lots of things so you know if you want to help john and i out getting in on the action and also help yourself out too because you know there's just tons of great information here i really highly recommend checking out that discord server also have uh in the show let's see article section where we have you know just tons and tons and tons of articles that we save every day i mean john and i are prolific when it comes to uh, saving articles. And, and, you know, I used to do it on Facebook, but, you know, screw Facebook, you know, those guys, you know, uh, a <laughs> bunch of vultures over there, but getting back to John, I've got the bank of Japan uh, balance sheet pulled up right now.
1: Yeah. The bank of Japan balance sheet is, uh, let's see here. Which one is that now? i just got to look at the information error. Uh, where am I now? Sorry. I, I'm just well, gonna... I'd say
0: it's the one that's going up a lot, but actually they're all going up a lot. And this one's probably not actually going up as much as, No, it's actually, oh,
1: here we go. Yeah, it's quite weird. But uh, what you've seen is they just started the stimulus. So they haven't caught up. uh, We don't know yet what they're going to be at, of course, next month after they did their massive run up in stimulus. Of course, the Central Bank of uh, the United States, the Federal Reserve, has a massive run up. You know, we went from uh, the low when they had to exit back in September and start buying again. Uh, assets, uh, they were at what was it, three point seven, I believe it was, and now it's at six point six something. Uh, so they, they really are, uh, you know, in, in a lot of trouble all around the world. So it looks
0: but, like I also might you know, win our uh, twenty dollars bet too, at the rate things are going. Unless we have a huge day at the end of today, it looks like I'm pretty safe to win that bet. Then yeah,
1: no, I'm pretty sure you, you won that bet. Then uh, what was the number? again I I forgot what your number was. It was I th- seven. I think
0: there. I believe I was seven point seven point three five, and I forgot yeah. what you were at, but.
1: I think I was at eight, like round eight, uh, somewhere. So yeah, no, it's, uh, we thought because, uh, because it was interesting with the balance sheet. Well, what happened initially, you know, they were buying at the rate of almost a hundred a day, uh, a hundred billion dollars a day, which is ridiculous. Like compared to if you pull, up, like pull up the, the, uh, Federal Reserve balance sheet and then take a look at the historical scale, you know, it, uh, it's becoming a little bleep soon, you know, the, uh, 2008 crisis because of, uh, what uh, what happened uh, with you know the run up of asset purchases that they've done and and this is insane because it's uh, a lot of the asset purchases that have happened too has not just been by of course the Federal Reserve the central bank of the United States it's been of the U.S. Treasury as well the U.S. Treasury put out uh, about uh, uh, 1.5 billion ish um, of purchases of ETFs and uh, corporate bonds. Uh, which also they uh, would purchase some that were uh deemed to be junk as well because of you know if you were above junk for like before you know the the crisis they would also uh, if you had like uh, right below junk you they would still buy so that that's literally buying junk bonds so now of course the ecB um you know and so that, uh,
0: that's referred those are referred to as the triple B bonds or the lowest grade yeah. of investment grade bonds and that was like a major central tenant of my uh, Anarchapoco speech was how those were all going to be downgraded or you'd pretty probably see historically 26 to 30% of those downgraded. I mean, and I was going through and actually relabeling some of the old podcasts earlier today. And thank you also to Nicole, who's helping me out with going through and relabeling those. And we had episodes talking about how the ETFs would be catalysts for all this stuff. And once, I mean, so it's, it's almost and then go, it's like a trip down memory lane of just saying like all the things <laughs> that we talked about and how so much, I mean, we, like, I think it was like May 3rd from last year I saw, which is, you know, almost coming up the one year anniversary, talking about the subprime auto market, and how that's poised to collapse, I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, right on cue. And so it's just not, not, not like that, not the, Q. so don't be you know conflated with the q tarts but you know the uh but yeah right on q in terms of all of this stuff happening and no offense to all the q people out there i think a lot of you are good people but you've just been misled down a wrong path uh temporarily and hopefully we can get you back at some point and not uh too too far gone but no just trust the plan get the vaccine chip get the microchip get the ubi just trust the plan sorry for cutting you off I'm, I'm, but i'm gonna pull up your, your website right now too as uh, as you're as talking
1: yeah, no, it's uh, it's very interesting. With the, of course, the balance sheet of the Fed is up substantially, but uh, some balance sheets that have really taken off. And, and this is, I, I made these warnings, of course, like five years ago. I wrote the book "Canada, the Greatest Economy in the World." Question mark. I also, it was about two years ago that I did a report on the massive debt bubbles that would, you know, entail in Australia as well, and the banking crisis that's coming there. And now we are right in it. Uh, but these two central banks are ridiculous. They almost have doubled their balance sheets uh, in just you know a couple of months here. Uh, and going into that, like... Which, Saturn, which, which, yeah, which,
0: which two are we talking about right now?
1: These are the two uh, right below where you actually see if you... It, there's a little gray uh, writing underneath, uh, Tim, uh,
0: them. And well, can I've, see I've got like them pulled those, up, so I see we've got the yeah. uh, you know Bank of India, we've got Norway, United Kingdom, Australia, Canada, Japan. Yeah. So yeah, canada, like canada, yeah. Yeah, crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah so it's just it's become like uh, pretty nuts and of course canada i warned about this massive debt bubble because we had uh almost 300 percent private debt to gdp in canada and it was a big problem it was a huge problem for uh, the canadian economy and nobody wanted to listen everybody's like yeah real estate is going up everything's fantastic and now they were you know just until like maybe a month ago they were like yeah everything is going to be fantastic after coronavirus is blown over uh, we're going to go back to normal again and real estate prices are going to go up meanwhile you know real estate uh, has you know substantially dropped I think it was one third of Canadians are doing deferrals on their uh, mortgage payments right now and all their other debt which is basically they can't pay their debt so they had to you know postpone the debt but of course what happens when you do that well the bank is still making interest rates <laughs> <laughs> and and payments uh, they make it their interest rates uh, on it right so the bank is taking care of but you know you are still actually racking up more uh, more debt by you know the, uh, by the interest rate on on that debt so uh, it, it's just interesting to watch these debt bubbles commence. and of course now Bank of Canada and also the United States and others they have programs now that they uh, like the TALF program in the United States and uh, Canada. I forgot the program. I think it was secured lending something program in the in, uh, in Canada where they're buying auto backed securities, collateralized loan obligations, uh, and CDOs and mortgage backed securities right now. Uh, so they're actually uh, outright buying and uh, they're outright buying um, derivatives. And and who? <laughs> well, I, I wrote about this back in uh, when was that? I started back in October, warning about the CLO uh, and corporate mar- debt market collapsing. And of course, of course, what are they doing now? Well, they went into buying CLOs around the world. And that was <laughs> like the that's one the next thing that massive, you know, bubble. It's interesting. Like they, the some bubbles, you know, have not been blown as high as others. Of course, with you know, real estate not being that crazy in the United States. But it depends on the country. Like there's debt bubbles everywhere in every single country. And you know, why are they so high? Why is the debt so high? Why did everybody rack up all the debt? First of all, it was not sustainable in the first place. And Second of all, it was all made possible by very cheap interest rates by the central banks, you know, artificially manipulating markets to keep the inflation going. Because how many times have we said this? And I've written about it in my book back in 20, 2014, you know, warning about, you know, there's never going to be enough money to buy off all the. That uh, like pay off all the debt, and the while there's still going to be interest to be paid on that debt, and that happens and from day it.
0: one because the money yeah. is debt. So if the money's backed by debt. There's no way to get out of debt if you're if the money is debt. And so by printing more money, you're getting yourself further into debt. And since the debt has interest on it, and the money doesn't, there's always going to be more debt than there is money. And that's just like a mind blowing concept. And uh, and if I talk really fast, you should just go back and rewind that and play it five times in a row and try to figure out what I just said because. Let me just slow this down. So, if you print a dollar, the first dollar that gets into existence, December twenty third, nineteen thirteen. There is there was three or four percent interest on it. I forgot what it was. So, if you have interest on that money, and let's say you lend out a dollar, and then you owe a yeah, dollar four. Fair, right.
1: This is a dollar. We're gonna, gonna do a visual example here. Okay. This is a dollar. I don't know, I like
0: yeah. my. Uh, I've got my God, story. my God, Emperor Trump dollar. Now, John, John can't see yeah. it because of how we're how we're filming this right now. But I've got yeah. my God, Emperor Trump dollar. <laughs> I also had on screen earlier. Had the you know everything is awesome from (laughs) the Lego Lego movie (laughs) because you know everything is cool when you're part of the team and the team Federal Reserve is printing money further enslaving people but it's that concept that the money is debt and it's not really money it's currency so our currency we have to you know it's private central bankers that we have to you know basically beg for permission to to get our own money uh, which isn't our money it's their money and we're borrowing it And, and until people address that issue like I don't care about any other issue in the world because you know the fact that we're still slaves. the biggest issue in the world to me john
1: yeah it is uh we're all slaves to this whole monetary system that every single central bank in the world has and as you can see you know these uh, central bank balance sheets they're hockey sticking most of them uh and of course there's one here that doesn't show like a lot of them doesn't show too far back right so you you don't get like to uh you know really understand like how it's hockey sticking um, but as you can see here, you know, the, the ones that are going back to the 60s, right? Like you can really see that we're in that hockey stick moment. That if you go and look at uh, currencies throughout history, they always fail this way. And then you have the last hockey stick moment at the end. And that's where we're, we're at right now. And people should be very forewarned about, you know, what's coming. And of course, there's uh, massive deflationary pressures that, you know, will collapse all this. But what we got to take in, in account is, of course, guys like Ben Bernanke. And, and the thoughts behind you know the the federal reserve and and so on they they have said you know that uh, you know deflationary pressure will always be beaten by the printing presses so there you go like that's their that's their whole you know solution to uh, a deflation which is their worst nightmare because now you know the debt becomes extremely unsustainable to pay back ever yeah, better, yeah we're going to be-
0: yeah, we the people are we the ones who get beaten down, but we've only covered one article out of about forty or fifty <laughs> that I wanted to cover, yeah. and we've got limited time today, so we yeah, can nice. kind of move on a little bit. So we got, yeah, the, uh, you know, the global clout of the United States will reduce with while the status of the European Union and China will rise in global affairs. And this is still, you know, if we go back, it's the same uh, same article out of Reuters. Shanghai gold boss wants super sovereign currency for post crisis times. Now, one thing I was I was just thinking about is. Uh, I mean, now the U.S. is trying to weaponize all this. I mean, what's to say that, you know, because there's been a big move, too. I've seen people saying, oh, well, this, you know, China caused this uh, this pandemic that's going on right now. So, uh, you know, what what we should do is just uh, default on all the debt to China. And then, I mean, do you want to get into like some of the reverberations and some of the, you know, uh, unintended consequences of doing a move like that?
1: Well, if you you go and default on debt somewhere, right, like now you're going to have a massive cascade of uh, events happening because somebody owns that debt, right? And uh, it's not going to be payable. Uh, So what happens with that now, you know, they're going to have to sell off a mass amount of assets to be able to cover those shortfalls so that defaulted debt. And so you're creating like a massive cascading sell-off if you did something like that in the, in the markets. And it's really going to, you know, devastate anything around the world. If one country goes and, and just go bankrupt on debt, of course. But, you know, it's interesting how, you know, everybody is uh, like it's China has the same, you know, uh, thing as, uh, you know, same, same thing as the IMF, which is the Asia Investment uh, and Infrastructure Bank, the AIIB. Uh, which is you know boring money to everybody around the world and now of course uh china has been talking recently to lebanon to venezuela because in lebanon now they're talking about actually you know coming up and selling off and uh and, and be able to actually uh, get a imf loan now and of course that's the worst thing you could do with imf is a loan shark basically uh that you know takes uh basically they they debt a nation and then they take their assets after they can't pay because they knew that they couldn't pay but you know, it's a great and uh, a great way to you know help you know uh, emerging markets and help you know the third world buy you know first and then, and then stealing all their assets after. Uh, you know, it's yeah, it's, it's a really great thing that you know the IMF has done. And and um, of course, this is uh, this is n- nothing new that you know when um, you have somebody defaulting on their debt, you're gonna have uh, massive ramifications around the world no matter what. Uh, if just one nation goes down here. Uh, people are going to start seeing that, oh, maybe I should default on my debt because I I don't have any, I can never pay back my debt. You know, you're going to have a cascade of countries, you know, on on top of that. And so the cascade and deflation or pressure that that will create just be so substantial that, you're going to have to get into some extreme money printing and, and the balance sheet. The and who's going to lend us,
0: lend us yeah. money again if we see like what we can do? Big, like, oh, well, we're just not going to pay you back. And so but ultimately, I mean, this was predicted by I think the guy's name was Robert Triffin, who was uh, called Triffin's Dilemma, that while you have a reserve currency that you need to have liquidity, that liquidity means you're going to have to run deficits, especially in a debt based con- economy. But then that uh, need to run deficits will eventually have a long enough time horizon basically caused that currency to collapse. And this has been, you know, well-known since, you know, before they even like really even implemented all this stuff. I do apologize if you guys hear my dog barking. I'm not sure if you can hear that, John. I've got a, there's a, literally a fire truck outside with guys in masks running into my neighbor's house right now. Their house is not on fire, but my neighbor's always got some sort of like, hypochondriac health issue, making up stuff, and now my dog's going numb, so I apologize. That's fun. (laughs) Well,
1: you know, actually, that that drives us straight into the next article, if you want to pull it up, which is about the Canadian government (laughs) running a stunning, a stunning, 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 uh, you know, $252 billion deficit.
0: well, let's still, you know, while we're still kind of on gold, I mean, let, let's yeah. still, uh, so we, we did have that article where the world's oldest gold trader is closing, and this was Scotiabank, yeah. and uh, it looked like the reason for this is that it all came crashing down in 2018 following a historic money laundering metals rehypothecation scandal that wiped out nearly 350 years of good reputation overnight. Sources told Reuters that Scotia would not take on new business and would wind down existing activities. By around the beginning of 2021, do you want to maybe get into a little bit about uh, rehypothecation and uh, and what that means?
1: Well, that's basically just uh, you know taking and selling gold that you don't have, right? Uh, if if I'm not mistaken, Tim.
0: Or it's, it's right. where let's say you, you have one gold bar, but then we say, okay, well, John owns that gold bar, Tim also owns that gold bar. Bob oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So it's a basic yeah. So what the, what the comics does right where they have you know anywhere from 300 to a thousand contracts. Allegedly. Um, yeah, it, no exactly we don't know exactly uh what they have but you know that's the schemes and that they actually got caught in that i remember there was a big uh, thing on um uh the uh, cbc here they have like investigative journalists that did something on gold and they actually looked into the walls it's like hey where's the gold you know that uh, there's no gold there that you promised to everybody and and of course, the Scotia Bank, among others, have been, you know, involved in uh, manipulating the LBMA and, and uh, the precious metals markets. They were caught in that together with Deutsche Bank and a couple others. Saxo, I forgot exactly who was involved there. Uh, but so yes, Scotia Macata, which is you know the one the oldest bank uh, in in Canada, of course, uh, from Nova Scotia, um, they they're in some serious trouble. But uh, of course, it's not just them. You know, all the all the banks here are in trouble, and of course when you, when you, uh, the the bank of canada when uh, sorry the the government of canada is actually running a 252.1 billion dollar deficit so far so far this year uh that they actually have created which is just whooping because it doesn't sound much like compared to the united states But compared to that's like a normal
0: normal month uh about these days well i mean it's about double normal but what normal used to be now i guess it's the the new normal so
1: (laughs) yeah but compared to what they used to have as deficits you know 16 to 20 billion like that's over a thousand fold increase in uh no sorry a thousand percent increase in deficit that is a stunning that that's just beyond stunning when you look at it that way instead of just looking at the numbers and of course Canada also used to be a substantial gold holder back in the day, and uh, and uh, this is from my book in
0: 1965. And they, and they, and they sold out in like at like three hundred dollars or something. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: 1965 what, what was the gold price back then. That was not very much, right? But they used. Uh, I don't to, know.
0: I think I think that was your, I think my dad was only one years old in 1965, so <laughs> I'm not
1: not sure. No, but it, it was thousand and twenty three tons that they had. Then of course they started to sell off. But that uh, now ended it with uh, them not having any gold whatsoever you know they're at zero basically as of 2016 that was the last you know uh, part that i managed to get into the book here it was zero uh and uh, same with other countries too you know a lot of countries sold their gold back in 2001 to you know because there was a massive pressure rising again after the 80s you know there was another uh, massive you know rise potentially that could happen in gold because gold is counter you know, I looked at it as a asset for risky times when there's, you know, the fall and a lot of problems in the economy. So people, you know, flow over to gold assets. And, of course, gold assets was tremendously increasing. But then central banks actually had a sell-off scheme where uh, several major central banks around the world sold a, a huge amount of gold onto the market. And I actually, like, pulled looked at the number from gold.org. And I saw this trend where they, you know, actually all of them started selling off gold during that time, uh, to then prevent the, because gold was rapidly rising. And we could have had a crisis at that time, you know, and then they, uh, you know, manipulated and circumvented that by selling gold. And of course, again, you know, in 2008, we had the same type of crisis in, in the monetary system. They racked up mass amounts of, uh, you know, that, that they put on the central bank's balance sheets. And now they're doing it yet again. You know, it, it's, it, it goes to a point with central banking throughout history or uh, any of your currency where you could you keep on printing. But when, uh, because some of that money will trickle into the economy um, uh, at one point, you know, uh, there's going to be, uh, and we already see that on a massive scale, you know, the huge disparity between rich and poor. Of course, we're lucky we're in the middle class, but the middle class is getting, you know, mauled right now. Uh, as well with you know a lot of debt and um, uh, we're seeing some uh, severe crisis where you know the the more they you know keep on printing and making all this money around the world you're going to see the the version between rich and poor just become greater and greater and it comes to a point where you have like in France where people are out protesting because they can't feed themselves because they don't get paid enough to put food in their mouth and that's the breaking point you know throughout history where People will stop using that currency and go to alternative currencies and money, uh, like gold and silver, maybe cryptocurrencies, and they will see that as a solution to the massive, you know, losing value. And if we go to any central bank, you know, I looked at the Norwegian, Swedish, and and Canadian central bank. I was at Bank of Canada's museum. You know, they have like a placard saying that you know, the central bank is here to make sure that the value of the Canadian dollar is stable. That is the biggest BS ever. What a lie, Tim. What a lie by central banks putting something like that on their website. We should do
0: like a roadshow and just like do shows from all the central banks uh, outside of that. <laughs> Go to the, the feds, you know, at 33 Liberty Street. Yeah. But one of the other interesting things from this article, the last thing I want to point out is it says that the gold trading in London is estimated to be worth $5 trillion a year, resulting in some fat commissions for all that involved. So then what I did right before we came on here is I said, okay, well, how much gold is there in the world? The best Mm -hmm. estimates currently available suggest around, I mean, almost 200,000 tons, 197,000 tons. Mm. Two thirds of that has been mined since 1950. And if every single ounce of gold were placed next to each other, the resulting cube of pure gold would only measure around 21 meters on each side. And so for those of you who are listening, we do have, you know, the infographics put up here on screen. So then we also, then if you go to the usdebtclock.org, they do have a spot at the bottom where it shows different uh, gold holdings that are available. And that's what's crazy is China's got uh, gold demand by country in ounces. China is at 26, almost 27 million. India, 23 million. Japan, actually, I didn't look at this for the first time, negative 430 million five thousand uh ounces well they're true they,
1: they're the emphasis of a, uh, a a actual paper economy and and uh, you know electronic fiat economy though uh they you know no, it's it abs- in,
0: yeah yeah no it's it's insane so then i looked up okay well how many ounces are in a ton of gold 30 about 32000 32, ounces in gold and i was using 1700 uh, just you know rounding for the gold price and then that almost gave us close to $11 trillion of gold that's been mined throughout history. But how the F are, is the gold commission's $5 fucking trillion a year when the market's only worth $11 trillion? It's like, it's like, it's just all this pushing back and forth. So all these fat cats just make a whole bunch of money off, and you know, all the premiums and the spreads and, and rehypothecating things back and forth. But I don't know if I'm reading this wrong or if I, you know, somebody in the comments, you know, let me know if my math was right on this. But five trillion dollars a year in different you know gold trading but yeah now i don't know if that's uh but yeah when it says the s the business is estimated worth more than five trillion dollars a year i don't know if they're talking about the value of the actual company itself like if you take like it with the net worth of the company and the balance sheet or if you're talking about the commissions you're talking about the revenues they're making uh, so i mean I, I would like to dive into that a little bit deeper at another date but just you know, i know we are uh you know only have got another like 20 minutes or here so we'll move on from there and uh you know while we're still on gold i mean let's just mention that the gold silver ratio insane right now uh the average right now is 113.26 which is uh, pretty freaking insane.
1: Yeah. But, but Tim, you but. know, the actual physical price, uh, if you look at the physical price, it's more like $70, actually, apparently. Yeah, because that's interesting. So that's actually showing the real price, not the fake paper price that we're uh, getting told by the US dollar price, right? So it's interesting. But then, of course, every other country in the world is nearer at record highs um of course and they've just been beating record highs uh, like every year now uh, over several years and you know you've seen this is the whole thing like you you'll have the collapsing periphery economies as i call them first before you actually have you know the big uh, pon- the biggest ponzi scheme that runs them all which is the federal reserve going down
0: yeah without a doubt and so one other article over here that we're getting up on screen right now is the bond king this is jeffrey Gundlach of double Line, uh investments warns the stock market could hit new lows amid social unease I mean, this is actually one of the guys who is probably worth following out there it's not, not i don't think there's like a ton of people worth following you know obviously john and myself uh you know because i'm you know so humble over here but you know jeffrey Gundlach is another you know very very good guy to follow and he is certainly in the camp that we are not out of the woods he thinks a retest of the low is very possible and people do not understand the magnitude of the social unease that's going to happen Good luck explained. This guy's been like in the money so many different times, like, you know, like when the 10 year was down, uh, like last summer and like selling it right at the perfect time. And, and he's been, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, past performance, notification, future returns. I used to have money invested with him. I do not anymore because we're running money in house over here. Uh, and I'd might say we probably did a lot better than him because he's mainly just in bonds. And so we got to write it up last year. And then this year, uh, basically, he didn't write it down at all. So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, we got that going on for us. But, you know, if you do want to become a client of mine, uh, go to the website and sign up because anybody can get on my calendar. Because that calendar is pretty freaking full right now uh, for the next, like, two and a half, three weeks. I mean, so maybe it might even be about, like, a two and a half waiting week waiting list just to be able to uh you know see if we're a good fit or not and then even my assistant is on about a two-week waiting list too and then we're trying to bring on more people but guess what some a lot of the things the people we need to go to in order to get them approved are shut down or they can't take the test <laughs> to become licensed because they're it's not essential so like all the prometric testing centers have been closed down just more more and then the thing is I'm, we're only hiring other like anarchist voluntarists uh, libertarians. So I'm not just taking anybody. So, you know, finding people that are motivated and have that mindset are tough, are tough, but no, that's just a quick little commercial. But yeah, I just want to let you know that if you do want to become a client, you know, the waiting list is getting longer and longer, which is why I was trying to pimp it so hard months ago when I wasn't super busy. Uh, but you know, it's a good problem to have. And, uh, yeah, we are, we are, are growing over here, but at this level, this is Jeffrey Gundlach. He thinks the upside and downside is very poor. I don't think it could make it to 3000 talking with the S&P 500, but it could, I think downside easily to the lows or beyond the S&P hit a low of 2,192 on March 23rd before rebounding about 30% as the fed rolled out its historic stimulus measures. And then, uh, you know, we got a CNBC article over here. The U S will need to spend trillions more as economy takes until 2022 to fully recover. According to the CNBC survey. And it's saying a third of respondents think the economy won't be restored until the second quarter of 2022. More money is gonna be needed from the Federal Reserve and Congress. Uh what was that? More money? Did we hear did we hear more money? Lock lock the load, baby. Woo! So gotta go gotta <laughs> go pick that one up. Uh GDP will decline by 24% this quarter. And respondents to the survey predicted. Uh actually I read that wrong. So they will decline by 24% is what the respondents think and then the yeah, rates will remain at zero for the rest of the year guess what the rate, rates are remaining zero forever uh you know the fed funds rate will remain zero uh this is a point i've talked about a lot but i know we have a lot new listeners so the so the fed funds rate only controls the interbank lending rate between the banks it doesn't control anything else in that so if, if you're a bank and you need to go borrow money if you if you end up going to the fed to borrow that money, which banks don't do that. They actually, uh, you know, they actually trade money back and forth amongst each other. And they sort of use that as a benchmark, but that whole thing broke down around September 17th of last year. And so what I recommend is go check out the episodes right around like September 13th through, uh, you know, the beginning of October, I had several episodes where, uh, we really hammered on that point in great detail. So I don't want to lose my voice over here cause I never shut up. So, uh, you know i, I don't want to you know belabor that too much because it's been done so many times before and then with the feds balance sheet already an unprecedented 6.45 trillion the 36 respondents seeing rising to an average of 9.8 trillion i'm not sure what uh time frame that they see that, av- that they, they, see, they see that uh, getting up to 9.8 trillion but you know it's going to get to 9 trillion then it's going to get to 20 trillion then it's going to get to 50 trillion then it's going to get to 100 trillion then it's going to get to you know a quadrillion then it's gonna I mean it's never going to stop I mean there's no way out of the current situation and guess what the Fed couldn't pay it down during the best economy in the history of the world then when the hell do you expect them to pay it down when all the shit's hitting the fan you think they're gonna pay it down so I mean this is a point that we made so many times like in this run-up of like the MAGA, 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 and uh you know other disconcerting news going on uh you know that kind of plays into this thesis is you've got frontline workers unite Amazon Walmart Target FedEx and Instacart I mean I don't know how what the Frick Instacart is but you know somehow they're on the same level as the other ones uh, but they are gonna hold an unprecedented strike on Friday over the virus so yeah it's funny that uh, apparently you don't get uh, coronavirus if you're working for one of those guys but you know you, you do if you go to a church or you know you want to get your cut or something yeah. else then you got to be worried about the coronavirus, John
1: No, and uh, this falls actually right into something that I have right in front of my screen on uh, tradingeconomics.com. U.S. personal spending falls at record pace. Uh, so it says their personal spending in the United, yeah, in the U.S. dropped 7.5% in March compared to the market that uh, this expected 5% fall. It was the largest decline in personal spending on record as the coronavirus crisis forced businesses to hold activity and consumers to stay at home private spending accounts uh, for more than two thirds of the US economic activity. So this is this is the reason why the actual stock market had to react down. But as you can see the NASDAQ is zero point only net right now as I speak it's negative zero point twelve percent. So uh, and of course Dow is down a little bit, but it's it's not really Check reacting to Tim that. that you know, like the, the two thirds of the US economy today. just dropped seven point five percent and yeah eh, whatever. you know it's a little bump in the road right it's uh, that's that's very interesting that how you know the the stock markets in the united states didn't react that much uh you know to this uh negative news and of course uh you know that falls into the the prop up of of the economy by all this you know debt being bought and everything and then they give you know people fresh um you know uh, loans to you know go and dabble in in stocks and bonds and everything. And well, speaking uh, of, we're loans, just speaking actually, of loans. M3 in uh, most countries or M2 in the US, you know, has raised over the last uh, month or so now. Uh, and um, you're not seeing a slowdown there. But the other thing that's uh, actually slowing down is the uh, monitor velocity. So the actual how fast money is moving around the world and it's at record lows right now. And money is not moving around. And that's why we're not on. seeing
0: the inflation that everybody w- was fearing. So I don't know if you can find any charts in the M2 money velocity. Uh, but Yeah, just... But I do
1: fund it
0: right now. But one of the things that's also picking up now is the wave of repos imminent as subprime auto buyers start missing payments. And I mean, this was also something I talked about at Arizona, like April, I think like the first video I ever did for World Internative Media, where we were talking about uh, you know, the fact that it was a record amount of Americans that were 90 days or more delinquent. And so, you know, MAGA, 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 I was trying to make the case that this is obviously not the greatest economy ever. If that is a situation that's going on, especially, I mean, just think about it. I mean, people are definitely going to be more inclined to pay, you know, the, I mean, the, the cell phone bill and the car payment, you know, and food, obviously, I mean, the, but it, you know, I guess people have food stands. So, I mean, those two are the two biggies that people are not going to miss. And so, you know, it, it went from people buying cars, you know, uh, in cash to then buying cars on one-year loans, to two-year loans, to four-year loans, to, to 72 months, to 90 months. Eight years,
1: 10 years, right? Yeah. So that's...
0: And now you've got assets that if they were to repossess them, the assets are not even worth, you know, anywhere near as much what they owe. And so they're like, screw it. You know, I owe $15,000 on this truck and it's only worth uh seven. So yeah, go take it and, you know, go have a ball. And then there'll be so many of these trucks or cars or vehicles on the road that, uh, that aren't worth anything and then they'll end up you know uh you know cratering that market unless they come up with some new bullshit you know cash for clunkers type thing that they came up with last time which you know I think they ran out of money I mean all, all that did is make it harder for poor people to afford cars because now uh you know what would happen is that those other cars uh you know if we didn't you know all things else uh relatively equal those cars going back in the market would then uh saturate the market would cause the car prices to drop dramatically and then poor people could afford cars and so i mean basically all the policies they want to do to help out you know poor people in the war on poverty actually makes things much more difficult and so uh and I, I love like when janet yellen's like the number one thing that i focus my entire career on is you know income inequality and why people are poor i'm like people are poor because of you fucking assholes that's why sorry i mm-hmm. like that is why you guys that's no why sense. people are poor yeah and it's
1: 100 true they, they're the biggest scamsters in the world that have ripped everybody off now everybody's poor and starving because of the the terrorists the monetary terrorists at the federal reserve because that's what they are tim
0: how did you know we were going to bring up a monetary terrorist next so we have mnuchin says highly unlikely the fed will buy stocks and that's in a quote poorly managed states won't get bailouts and so there we have mnuchin mr former goldman Sachs boy over there who uh I mean, I mean, they're already sort of buying stocks. And the fact that, that these big banks can use stocks as collateral. So they use stocks as collateral to get money from the federal reserve. So mm-hmm. the federal reserve is then essentially holding on to the bag of stocks while the banks have cash in ergo, the, basically the fed is buying stocks. Uh, mm-hmm. not technically, but te- I guess it's more semantics, but, uh, yeah, I don't trust this guy as far as I can throw him. I have a terrible shoulder and I can't throw him very far. So, you know, that's all I've got to say about Steve Mnuchin over there. Yeah. And of course it's
1: going to end up with a bailout of, uh, I think they're going to just keep on bailing out the, uh, the states now because the states can't go bankrupt, right? If one goes bankrupt, then they all go. Uh, and actually, Tim, I sent you, uh, the M2 Monter's, uh, Monter velocity, uh, chart from the Federal Reserve in, um, uh, in St. Louis that actually pulls the stats. And if you can pull that up because they actually got the new data in right as of today, I think, because I looked at it a couple of days ago and they had 1.4 something. And it's, as you can see, the actual uh, physical uh, currency, you know, uh, moving from hand to hand is, you know, drastically dropped. And the trend is here, you know, look at the 90s, right? Like that was the peak in, in about, uh, the peak was right around, let's see here. It's right around 90, the quarter, a quarter, a third quarter in 1997. It was at 2.198. It was, you know, money was flowing around in the economy. The economy was kind of real, you know, and and things were going pretty good in the economy. And then after that, you know, you see, Every single crash, you know, the monetary uh, velocity just slows down. Uh, and now, of course, it's just plummeting because the coronavirus and all these bailouts that, you know, they're buying up all these stocks. That's, uh, the banks, you know, then keep their uh, deposits just stuck at the Federal Reserve, earning a ten little bit of interest on it instead of lending that out to anybody. Uh, so that's what you're seeing. So that's why the, the, the monetary velocity, the, the economy has slowed down to grind and nobody is, you know, Uh, sharing any money around then i think it's just going to keep on plummeting until this this whole collapse of the monetary system is coming
0: yeah i mean they're essentially they're creating a zombie situation and the more money they uh you know flood into this and the worse this situation ends up getting and it's a very weird paradox that you can get a deflationary uh spiral from printing a bunch of money but i think it's going to go deflation then inflation then who knows one day it's going to be over and it's going to be hyperinflation uh eventually i mean i'm not saying it's going to be tomorrow and in, in the short term i think the dollar is going to keep getting stronger which is sort of a, a paradox but this is on our discord server so if you guys want to join the fun, uh it definitely uh you know, would recommend that you guys go to the general section hang out in there or uh you know we've got all the articles john and i share and we do have some crowdsource too for like change the news uh you know tim and john show we've got crowdsource there so if you guys want to say hey you know we think this is a good article for you uh you know we, we'd appreciate that it might make it on the show and i know that bit lord doll has been you know prolific and sending me different stuff and helping highlight articles so definitely want to uh you know just give him another shout out over there but yeah it's a, it's uh you know in the link you know we'll include this down below but it's bit.ly so it's a bitly link slash tim john discord so bitly slash tim john discord uh and that will get you to where you need to be
1: yeah no and the, and the discord channel is great you know we, we have a lot of fantastic smart people on there uh, on top of us of course there's so many uh great minds there that are sharing information and of course people are you know uh traders there they're business owners you know so you get a lot of input from uh, around the world, and it's not only Americans uh, and North Americans, it's uh, a couple of people from around the world as well. That you know, so get a real good pulse on, on the global economy, what's happening in, in other countries that you're not getting told about, right? Uh, so it's, yeah, just a fantastic. I just love this group because it's, uh, you know, that's what we guys like me and Tim, we need you guys. <laughs> More than ever, because it's it's hard to you know talk to people today because not very many people care about these things. And it's also uh, you know con. making
0: these podcasts is not uh, you know a full time job for us. And so people are like, well, how can we don't do this? And how can we don't do that? And how can we didn't do this research? And I'm like, you know, because I'm doing a million things like that's why. You know, so, uh, you know, so if anyone, you know, we do appreciate all the help we are getting over there. And like Anthony, we speaking of gold, I me, mean, Anthony Blanchard has been in the group sharing tons of stuff. Uh, so definitely appreciate his uh, participation in there as well. But do you have some of the articles you want to talk about as well? I've got, I've got yours pulled up here on screen. Yeah. And so
1: actually I have a couple more quick that we can run through here. One is of course, South Africa and how they are uh, getting down. They've been downgraded to junk and further into junk now. And what that means, we were just talking about it earlier in the podcast about the double B basically plus is no junk status because uh, that means that actually pension funds won't touch your, uh, touch your, uh, bonds or investments in your country, which is a huge, uh, sig- of huge significance in this world. And of course,
0: that's what happened to South
1: Africa. And if it's now double, there,
0: and if it's double D's, then uh, then Joe Biden will touch it. So, <laughs> <Who knows? laughs>
1: yeah, I guess the, the whole world will end up in double D's here, which is basically default. Like, I think it's just D, but yeah. Anyways, <laughs> no, it's, uh, that's where a lot of countries are ed- ending up, and it's funny, you know. I, I go down the list here of ratings. Actually, right now, um, uh, what would you call them? Uh, South Africa is a double B minus. And then uh, there's countries that me and Josh actually talked about a lot in, in prior videos. We talked about Suriname going bust. They are in triple C plus. Um, you have know, Venezuela's gone bust. We've talked about Zambia going bust, which has now a triple C rating. Uh, so it's funny how we, like a lot of the countries in Puerto Rico is, of course, in the, uh, total default. Uh, Republic of Congo is in a triple C rating. Um, I'm looking, looking, looking at I'm moving, I'm I'm moving
0: to Puerto Rico next year. So, you know, you want to always, everyone's like, oh, we don't want to go there because it's been devastated by all this stuff. I'm like, that, that's when you do want to go there. That's when things are going to be cheaper to, to pick up. And then uh, yeah. if I can get out of US income tax, most of it uh, legally by moving down there, then uh, yeah, I think it's. An well, uh, yeah,
1: I think a lot of countries are going to be interesting because we have a whole bunch of countries now. Like, this wasn't like this when I looked like a year ago. Like, now we have Angola, Argentina uh i'm just going to go quickly through the names they're congo uh ecuador uh you got granada so now you're seeing the periphery economies they're starting to default and going into default right uh lebanon uh you got mozambique struggling uh Puerto Rico's of course, in default you got suriname uh you got venezuela and zambia So there you go. So there's a lot of countries that are really starting to struggle right now and are going into debt defaults or nearby debt defaults, where they basically can't pay. And a lot of that debt too is not yielding very high on on top of it, which is just ridiculous. You know how I've heard, uh, I've heard the uh, saying,
0: I've heard the saying, it's like picking up pennies in front of steamrollers. And so, I mean, if you're sitting in bonds right now, uh, now there there are some reasons why you might want to be in some short term bonds right now, uh, you know, especially if you've got over the $250,000 mark, uh, but you know there's so many different things you can be doing especially if you're looking for income you're looking for safety you know this has been a message I've been talking about since literally 2010 knowing that there would never be a day where the rates rise because as soon as it, they do rise and that would then lead to the stock market selling off which then lead to them having to renege on every single thing that they talked about before, which is boom, you know exactly the situation we're in. So just another reason to go to libertyadvisor.com and schedule if you are an American. Unfortunately, I cannot work with Canadians. Uh, maybe John could do some, you know, consulting with you. I'm not 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 sure or not, but uh, yeah, I, I don't make the rules on that one. I really wish I could help out the people in Canada, but for some reason they, uh, you know, the powers of peace said uh, that is too difficult right now. I can only work with the tax slaves, you know, confined within these borders for uh, whatever whatever reason yeah, no, that's that's
1: how they you know keep you in. And of course, you got their credit investors and all that you know that you get labeled. so you you can't participate in really good investment opportunities, right then and, and be able to get up. So basically, they're holding you down uh, for your best for your best interest, you know, they're holding you down, so you can't participate in in good uh, good investment opportunities, right? So th- I think that's just a big scam as well. But Tim, I, I know that we're getting close to running out of time, but I wanted to touch upon, uh, this, which is, of course, uh, I shared three articles with you on um, that is yeah, oil related because oil, as you know, as we know, and you've been reporting on this for the last week, <laughs> have been in the negative. It's been all over the place. Right. Uh, and so actually Canadian oil well drillers have to turn to geothermal uh, in effort to um, make sure that they can actually have sustainable rigs to work uh, because the energy input versus output. Right. The cost of it all. And that's why you had the, uh, the frackers in the United States, you know, uh, one after one now is going bankrupt it's because they were so heavily leveraged. And that was the only way with having massive amounts of debt that they actually could be profitable. Uh, <laughs> not that they're profitable if you have mass amounts of debt in order to be able to sell the oil, right? Um, But so that's what's going on in in Canada. And then, of course, uh, another big one is, of course, Shell just cut its dividend for the first time since World War II. Uh, That's another one. That's actually, it's interesting. Royal Dutch Shell is, of course, owned by the Dutch royal family, most of it. (laughs) Interestingly enough, right? So you see that they're still, you know, uh, have ownership of that. And then, of course, this is, uh, we were talking about this, we started the whole uh, uh, podcast with this topic, Trump told Saudis, there's a special report, apparently, that says that Trump told Saudis to cut oil supplies or lose U.S. military support.
0: <laughs> so what do
1: you think about that one, Tim?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just so crazy. Cut oil supply. I mean, I mean, did he not get the memo that, you know, the, the, they're basically propping up the petrodollar? And so, I mean, it's such a weird game that they're playing. You know, before he comes in office, he's criticizing, you know, the Saudis over 9-11. Then he's going over there and basically, you know, praying over some weird ass orb doing some weird stuff uh in yeah, that was interesting there. yeah yeah and i think there was, was like a south park thing too about that as well but i think the last thing i want to talk about oh, great the stupid ad blocker is we're doing this live uh so we've got you know one of the articles that you shared actually was the warren buffett uh stupid ad blocker anyways what is go- what is going on with the warren buffett indicator over here is his favorite indicator is the buffett indicator divides the let's see what it is but fortunately, stupid
1: uh, i believe it's gdp on the share of the stock market right like on the market cap of, uh i forgot what stock market but so what's happened with that right like it's where it we just dropped like what was it four percent jumping negative in the united states yeah negative four yeah four
0: point seven yeah like
1: so there you go right like right there and, and that's just the first quarter which was not really like the us hasn't really like shut down until march right so um you are not going to see that Big on impact the next quarter is going to be the one that's just going to be devastating when that, those numbers comes out uh but yeah so the buffett indicators is now because you know gdp is dropping drastically you know now stocks are looking more and more overvalued by the by the day as they keep up uh you know keep keep going up
0: yep we've got i pulled up on a different browser but the buffet indicator divides the total value of publicly traded stocks by quarterly gdp it is probably the best single yeah. measure of where valuations stand at any given moment Buffett wrote back in 2001 the famed investor in Berkshire Halfway Boss said it was very strong warning signal when the indicator peaked just before the dot com bubble burst. And right now it is at an all-time high, signifying that mm-hmm. probably not a great time to be in the stock market. So if you have an old 401k IRA, about to retire, just retired, uh, you know, why don't you, you know, give us a shot over here with one of the guys who, you know, I literally gave a presentation last year called Crisis Retiring at Enrica Pogue. And if you would have followed that advice, you'd be sitting very, very pretty right now. And so, you know, past indicate, uh, blah, 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 blah. The past performance of future returns. But, anyways, there was another story, too, that I saw where it showed, uh, you know, Buffett. I'm trying to you know, scroll through a bunch of different screens over here, but he was. Going on and saying, uh, you know, he's giving some like real like folksy story, like like I when I had when I was looking at buying Bank of America, I just went in and I called up the call center and they wouldn't put me through, and so it's just like you know, look at old Uncle Warren Buffett always eating an ice cream cone, just calling up the regular Bank of America call in line. He's just a normal everyday guy, just like you and me, and so you can see like this whole big PR uh, rollout (laughs) crap. But, uh, yeah, the, the last thing is, boom, over here, we've got uh, 9 and 10 Americans are concerned about an economic collapse, uh, you know, I think as they should be. And then we also see Americans' retirement accounts drop during coronavirus, obviously. Uh, and then there's and how much the average account yeah, it's dropped by 14%.
1: Like they're buying the dip, you know, they're following. Who, who was it? Uh, like uh, the United States, uh, Ludlow and others, you know, are
0: coming in. It's like, yeah, buy the dip, buy the dip. Well, they know that the stock market has a huge correlation with the presidency. And so all they <laughs> can really hang their hat on, and what they were hanging their hat on the entire time was this. And it literally was the main thing I was warning about. The main thing I was warning about was do not hang your hat on the stock market. That's a very dangerous game. You're playing with fire. Live by the sword, die by the sword. Well, guess what? You know what? The stock market's down. You just died by the sword Donald Trump metaphorically speaking and uh you know I think that yeah they did a lot of crap to get it back up to on the Dow we're looking at uh right now the S&P looking at uh tw- almost almost 3000 it's crazy 2909 and uh yeah I would expect that this would be again not financial advice over here but I would expect that we you know we're, we're probably closer to the highs of this you know Phony recovery that's just been, you know, predicated on all this money printing and this unprecedented amount of, you know, chicanery and just for lack of a better word I guess you know crap that's that's going on but we do appreciate you know everyone joining us today we've got John Snyson at the EconomicTruth.org. you guys can find him there all of his links everything that's coming do, do you have anything coming up I mean I, I know there's like pretty much no events going on anymore so no uh, there, there's books. no events
1: there's no events but please check out my reports and my book uh, on there I I've been predicting a lot of stuff in those. Uh, like I, the, my Australian report, I think it still makes sense for Australian to buy the report because they know what's happening right now and maybe be able to make some decisions this, uh, depending on the information that I put in there. Uh, and the same with my big global risk report on 2020, I was talking about the collapse in 2020 of the CLO market and corporate debt market, which is happening, which is just beyond over-leveraged with share buybacks and all that stuff. And of course, check out my two uh, books uh, back here, which is The End of Freedom, How our monetary system enslaves us, which talks about, you know, a great extent goes into monetary history all the way back to the Greek empire, all the way to modern era banking and so on. And of course, my book on warning about the Canadian uh, debt crisis that we're entering in right now with, you know, you've seen the a uh, balance sheet of bank of Canada going out Canada greatest economy in the world question mark but the the subtitle is better now because we're right in it and it's uh the facts you're not being told about your money and how to protect yourself from the coming crisis <laughs> that we're right in right now.
0: cool yeah and then uh for, for my ask it would be you know if, if people wanted to check out it's actually the libertyadvisorshow.com it's sort of a ghetto website i'm looking at uh, up- upgrading it right now but that's where you can find all the links to get uh my podcast which i'm going to rebrand as like the tip show you know, Liberty advisor audio experience or something That's like a play on Gary V where, where everything we do, whether it's change the news, whether it's Tim and John show, whether it's Liberty advisor show, whether it's a Wham appearance, whether it's presentations, guest interviews at a conference, we're all going to, it's, it already is all there. And then probably within the next day or two, it's all gonna be really nicely organized. So right now it's chronologically organized. And, uh, I mean, it's just, especially if you go back to the very, very beginning of it, it's just, I mean, just go through and like read just like the titles of the headlines and, uh, <laughs> you know, and obviously Josh was writing a lot of, you know, ones that are, you know, kind of, you know, definitely out there, attention grabbing headlines, but you know, they were pretty warranted, you know, given everything that's going on. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, I mean, I only really had, you know, just, uh, you know, probably the first probably of 2017, 2018 only had, uh, you know, about 30 of them. And, uh, so it's not like I had a thousand, you can just, you know, cherry picking like a few of them. No, they were all pretty much on fire, but really glad to have everyone who's here, all of our new listeners, definitely appreciate it i'm tippet show with liberty advisor this is john Snyson, the economic truth signing off with uh <laughs> i was gonna say with world alternative media but no this was be <laughs> the tim and john show, show. i forgot <laughs> what number we're already up to right now if, if i think on, it's
1: eight or i think it's eight seven or eight or something i think
0: it's nine but anyway <laughs> well, <nine>, we'll, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll see i don't know we'll yeah. see i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna going to uh uh prices right you and i'm just gonna go or no that'd be a dollar at one but no i know we're definitely not at one so i'll go i'll go nine yeah. and we'll see uh right. later on what uh, what it ends up being but thanks guys yeah. thanks for hanging yeah a
1: you know,